Welcome to Mania Moments with Robbie and Phoenix. As always, I'm Robbie. I'm here to talk about a very special WrestleMania. But this week we have a very, very special guest. So we'll go ahead and announce her. Uh, friends of the show will know her as Bree the Space Cowboy. But of course, uh, with us is Brianna Ellis, uh, my good friend. Welcome Hi, to, hello. Welcome to the show, Bree. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad you could be here. I'm excited. Uh, and we're going to talk to you about wrestling and about WrestleMania 10. Uh, but first, I have to introduce uh, the reigning, defending uh, podcast champion of Mania Moments, the one, the only, the whole effing show, Mr. Phoenix Zarola, everybody. Woo! <laughs> Woo-hoo. Thank you, thank you. Thank Phoenix going to come in and clip his own mic on his <laughs> first introduction as champion. Yeah, um, I had to make sure I reached it at championship level, which is way past the middling level of audio Discord. recording. <laughs> yeah, not even just uh, audio recording, just <laughs> Discord, then yeah. filtered through to that. Yes, that too. It's um, just, it's but yes, bad. it's it's. Uh, Thank you for introducing me as the reigning podcast champion. As I reigning, am. defending, currently undisputed uh, podcast champion. Yeah, um, and Bree, I'm happy you're here as well. I know I couldn't talk while you were introduced because I'm champion and I'm introduced last. But it's nice to to hear from you. Yeah, what's going to happen when I'm champion? Phoenix is going to have to figure out how to uh, start the show. <laughs> Honest, yeah, he can do it. I'm gonna have to. You can't hear the theme music. We're gonna have to start recording a person. (laughs) I can't be champion until we have a vaccine. (laughs) I think if I can uh, win a podcast championship title belt, I can do anything. And I think that includes learning how to do the intro without learning when the music starts or stops. Uh, We'll probably just start recording, and I'll put it in later in post. Is what it'll be. Yeah. Some little inside baseball yeah. for y'all. Uh, <laughs> Bree, we're excited to have you. We're And we chose a short WrestleMania, not just because we enjoy short WrestleManias as opposed to seven-hour monsters of shows. Uh, right. But we also, we wanted to, we wanted to talk to you. Uh, so, Bree, what is your relationship with professional wrestling? If you could just... Give us your history, your story here. Oh, man. Um, I guess I've been watching wrestling for about six months. Um, <laughs> so not very long. Um, mostly because you wanted a wrestling buddy, even though you have Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't keep up with the current no. product. <laughs> I try. True. I check in. You guys both I've check in. I've kind of fallen off. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I I can hold it down for all of us. And when <laughs> when WrestleMania 37 comes later this year, I'll know everything, and you guys will be asking me questions. Is that's what it'll be, right? It's true. Uh, 
Bree, did do you have a a favorite wrestler of yours that you've liked over the six months that you've been following, or just discovered yeah. watching this one? Oh, I mean, I'm really into Sasha Banks right now, but I think that's obvious. Yeah, she's and great. Randy Savage. I'm really into him, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure we'll talk about him later. I don't really know his story, but he had the best outfit. <laughs> He did. He did have he, the best outfit in this. In he this mania. usually does, <laughs> like historically, his outfits are pretty on point. Yeah, he's he's the only one in this WrestleMania who's also in a Spider-Man movie, to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I googled him and I saw that, and I was like, "How did I not know?" Bone saw is ready. <laughs> Playtime. Uh, oh. but that's uh. Yeah, Randy Savage is pretty great. He's he's a pretty good one to uh, keep up there in your favorites. I don't know why. I recently to get back to owning to own Phoenix on Twitter, re-listened to our first episode, and I don't think either of us mentioned Randy Savage being in our top ten of all time, which is uh, kind of uh, mean of us, I would say, to yeah. Macho Man. Yeah, I think. Um, there are probably people who would, you know, disagree with that because I mean, he's very beloved um, yes. and liked, and I mean, we're fans of him. I think like, I don't know yeah. about you, but he's my I, Twitter. Mean, I, like avi- I mean, he's my Twitter <laughs> avatar is Macho Man Randy Savage's body with my face on him. So yeah, like we, we enjoy him. It's just, I guess at the time he didn't crack the top 10 of either of ours, but yeah, he's cool. We all like him. Yeah. So who, who can, who would uh, dislike the cream of the crop promo? That usually is one that everyone, or like that one that cuts through to even non wrestling yeah. fans. Cream of the crop rises, rises to the top, and I can't. <laughs> one day, I'll I'll cut a full wrestling promo from memory on this show. I'll, I'll have you, this or the Steiner math. <laughs> Just have you seen have you seen that promo, Brie? The cream of the crop one. No, I haven't. Okay, we. I'll send you the, the yeah. YouTube clip after this. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty. Fun. I just met Randy fun. Savage yesterday, so. Um. Wow. <laughs> uh, we'll have to send you all the Randy Savage stuff. Uh, some the Mega Powers promo, the the handshake, snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, some classics, <laughs> Bree. We can unlock a world for you when it comes to the Macho Man. Uh, In fact, uh, one of the episodes we have done in the past has one of the best Macho Man Randy Savage uh, matches, or at least moments, uh, if I think Phoenix would agree. Oh, yeah. The reunion. totally. Yeah, the reunion with Miss Elizabeth. So, we'll we'll, we'll talk about some more Macho Man later, but uh, Phoenix, do you have any questions for Bree before we get into... Oh, I guess I have one. Bree, this is your first WrestleMania you have watched. Uh, overall, correct. correct. So this is you. I have not forced you to watch other WrestleManias, although I have given you WrestleMania matches to watch. Correct. Yes. So I think you've at least watched from WrestleMania 35 the main of the women's main event, which was uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. Winner takes all uh, with the titles, mm-hmm. and then did I make? Did I send you the WrestleMania twenty? Uh, 
Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle? I don't think so. I think I, I may have told you about it and said I would find the clip and then never went back and found it. But we've talked about at least that one on this show. But uh, Yeah, it's a great. But we have for sure a WrestleMania that you have watched all of the matches for. Uh, except the dark match. Yes. <laughs> except the one that is not available anywhere. So Yeah. Um, is this your first pay-per-view that you've seen, like, start to finish? Um, no, I've seen maybe three pay-per-views with Robbie and his fiance. Yes. Okay, cool. We've, we've cool. done some pizza parties on some Sundays. <laughs> I think, uh, you've at least, you saw SummerSlam this, this SummerSlam, last year. SummerSlam, yeah. And then I know you saw. And then there was one like a week after, I think. Oh, lit- yeah, there was payback was the ne- was literally the next week, and so you were here again. And then I think you came out. Did you come out for Helena Cell? Yes, 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 I did. Okay, so that those are the so you missed Clash of Champions in the middle, but that was. I would just like for the listeners to know that uh, I enjoy pay per views and pizza. So if you're wondering <laughs> why I wasn't there for these. Uh, you're not the only one who's confused. Uh, I think you were given invitations. I think you've been in San Antonio for most of them. Uh, you know, it's it's not my apartment, so I can't invite you. But I definitely you can be my there. plus one. I definitely invited <laughs> Phoenix to the Rumble if he was going to be in town. Yes, that so. one I I was given an invite for, but I had already made plans to see the Rumble with someone else. And um, I don't hmm. remember getting invites for the others. Tbh, but. Um. Uh, I would certainly be open to seeing one soon. We're Phoenix. We're in a panorama. We're we're, we're we're in a Panda Express. I get it. We have to limit the number of people on my couch. That's fair. No, but Bree will be fully vaccinated soon, so that's mm-hmm. even just one per- less person to worry about come Mania time. So yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but True. yes. But but April tenth or tenth and eleventh this year, maybe, maybe we'll be okay, or at least a little. Maybe (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) I don't want to make predictions here. Oh, we we can try. I think we could probably find a way to watch Mania together safely. If yeah, and we we've got time to figure it out. Quarantine before, quarantine after. Yeah. That is also true. That is, we'll 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 talk about it. Well, this doesn't need to be an on-air conversation. Uh, welcome to Media Moments with Robbie and Phoenix. I'm Robbie. We have Bree with us. There's Phoenix. He's the champion. We're talking about WrestleMania Woo. 10. Uh, this one happened March 20th, 1994, which meant the people watching this live didn't know who Weezer was yet. In case you were wanting to combine my uh, two things, I know a lot about. Yeah, and I, uh, I don't think any of us were born. No, no, not quite yet. Not. But hey, which is pretty wild. Yeah, that is. I mean, I, we hadn't thought about any of the earlier ones in that way. But yes, no one. Yeah, no one talking here had the ability <laughs> to even watch this live. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was took place March twentieth, nineteen ninety four, in New York City. At Madison Square Garden, the site of the historic first WrestleMania, uh, there was a dark match that happened. Uh, Bri, are you familiar with the term dark match? 
I am not. So all that means is it's really a warm-up match that the cameras don't record. And so it gets the crowd hyped, but it's not like meant to really like play into anything at the uh in the rest of the event. Nowadays with okay. the kickoff shows, those serve at least at pay-per-views, those serve the function of a dark match, but sometimes they'll put titles on the lines and those will be a little more important. Uh but if you were to go to a Raw, SmackDown or NXT taping, usually uh you'll get a dark match before the show and maybe one afterwards, a big like huge uh you know, thank you for coming. Thank you for buying a ticket and seeing this in person uh, main event. Mm-hmm. That's even more fun than the main event of that show. So it really depends on the night that you go see it. <laughs> um, but I, the dark match was the heavenly bodies defeating the bushwhackers in a tag team match. I, I really could not find this anywhere. Sometimes with like late nineties ones, you can find the match, but this one was just naughty. I don't, they're really, I don't think we're cameras recording this at all. Um, not yeah. The, yeah, not in any watchable quality for sure. So, uh, hey, that's, we, we can't talk about that much more than this. So <laughs> it could be our, it could be our favorite match of all time. We'd never know. Uh, considering how I feel about some of the matches on this, <laughs> I don't think it would be my favorite match of all time. <laughs> There's some pretty great wow. matches on this card. <laughs> Definitely one or two you know, in particular that I really enjoy. So, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the Bushwhackers could could surprise you. I'm just saying they're they're Hall of Famers now. They're so uh, yeah. So then we get before we get really anything. We get a intro looking back at the first WrestleMania at, at Madison Square Garden. It's a nostalgic the, look it, back. Yeah, it looks and sounds like a Sega game. Yeah, which is pretty fun. <laughs> The intro is very new generation uh, WWF, which is we're smack dab in the middle of the new generation, which uh, when we're talking about that, Brie, that's kind of the, do you know your WWE eras at all? I've, have I ever like, I know I've, I've explained a lot to you, but I don't know what I have and haven't said. Um, You've explained, is it WWF and then, how that's not a thing anymore, but it's yeah. about all I've got. Okay, so we had the we had the WWF. Uh, there's kind of the golden era, I guess. Does it have a name, Phoenix? Like the I guess Hulkamania is like the yeah Hulkamania WrestleMania. At least in what we're talking about, what's relevant to our conversations. So we've got kind of the late '80s, which is the Hulkamania era. And then we have the new generation, which is kind of defined by guys like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, uh, who are both in this WrestleMania. And then Mm -hmm. we went into what was called the Attitude Era, which is where we have uh, big stars like Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, The Rock, who everyone knows. And that was the late 90s into about 2001, I would say, is like the latest you could really say the Attitude Era was. And we won't argue too much about that. Uh, How dare you? Yeah. Then you have Ruthless Aggression, which is... is Phoenix, would you say that is the era that you are most fond of? At least nostalgia-wise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the one that I've definitely watched the most of. Like, I've... I, 
as like live, like like as I was a fan. Um, yeah. I you know started before like the late Attitude Era, and then watched basically all the way through it until like the um, PG era. You know, yeah, in the middle of the PG era where I kind of like dipped out. Um, but yeah, Ruthless Aggression. You know, you've got your you got John Cena, who you know everyone knows, and you got Edge and. Orton and um Oh, are you gonna mention those names just to upset me, Phoenix? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, you got Edge and Royal Rumble Orton, winner Edge. <laughs> and his Is that the is that the one that, you know, made me podcast champion? I don't is, was it because I picked Edge and you picked Orton? It's and cause it's cause I got Edge greedy. eliminated Orton like in the last part of the match. I shouldn't I shouldn't I, have I you know what I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> And I shouldn't have uh, said I shouldn't have said yes when you put in a last minute bet, put it all on the line for one thing. Yeah, gambling got the best of you. Um, but yeah, and then after the ruthless aggression is the PG era, um, and then the PG era I would say is kind of ended. Um, yeah, it's ended. And then and I don't know what this new one would be. Called. Well, they called the there was the era with uh. Kind of that was Daniel Bryan ushered in that uh, Triple H referred to as the reality era, in which the fans yeah because uh, the total divas and everything yeah yeah and also I think I think now we're just kind of in like this internet era where everything where every wrestling fan pretty much knows what is going on backstage and understands like the wrestling you can't watch wrestling without like three layers of irony and understanding now like. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, but this is the new generation. So these are, it's post Hulk Hogan, but it's before the beer drinking and the cursing and the uh, boobs. That's that defined the attitude era. So uh, to give you an idea of where we're at, Bree. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we just dropped a lot of information on you and you're like, I just want to talk about the men in the underwear fighting. Like, I'm like, I know some of those names, <laughs> uh, but do you know little Richard? You know, <laughs> I do. Did you know he was lip syncing? Uh. Um, I honestly wasn't paying that much attention to his song. <laughs> yeah. Well, did uh, you know that Vince McMahon thinks that America the Beautiful is the national anthem? Okay, as I was watching that, I was like, this isn't the national anthem. I uh, I don't have not, an answer for it, this. It's always said to be on the on the network and it for I don't know why they don't correct it at all. There's there's only like three manias that say they perform the national anthem. But okay, it's never the three too many. It's never the national anthem. It's always America the Beautiful. So, uh, in kayfabe, at least, the national anthem is America the Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Uh, that being said, I read an interview, because I was watching Little Richard's performance of this, and I was like, he looks like he's really like lip-syncing. So I, just, I did a quick Google, and I have an interview with Bruce Pritchard, uh, who is one of the heads of WWE creative. Now he was a big backstage producer at the time. Uh, and he says that, yes, little Richard was lip syncing. Uh, he wasn't excited to perform a song. He hadn't performed a million times in front of a big crowd. So he recorded it in a, uh, 
during a rehearsal and they just played it back. And there you go. Uh, now, Bree, it's time wow. for you to learn about a man that Phoenix and I don't like. Uh, okay. His name is Jerry <laughs> the King Lawler. And he sucks. Yeah, I literally wrote, who is the king? <laughs> That's Jerry Lawler. He is a longtime commentator for the WWF, WWE. Uh, he was a wrestler. Former wrestler. Former wrestler and promoter himself. Uh, famously uh, had a very good feud in his wrestling days with Andy Kaufman. Uh, but that's about it for his wrestling career, in my opinion. Uh, he's been, he's spent the rest of his life just being sexist and generally sucking. So, uh, there, there you go. Uh, he feel, he fills the role of the heel commentator for this entire WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And as much as I don't like him, he doesn't do anything terribly, offensive in this one don't <laughs> i i hate to say that because i don't want to like get canceled for forgetting something but i mean he still makes fun of uh one of the female wrestlers looks like constantly yeah. in, in the during the, the rest during their wrestling match which yes. isn't great at all not, not great uh he also like has a vendetta against uh stew and helen hart which comes up again <laughs> If Phoenix yeah. will remember the last time we talked about him apparently hating Bret Hart's parents. Yep. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Bret Hart's parents, their two sons are fighting next. So we get a little recap of the uh, Bret and Owen feud. They were tag team partners. They're no long. They've turned on each other. Well, Owen's turned on Bret. Took a lot for Bret to uh, be willing to fight his brother. Because he's forever the good guy. Uh, and we get the match. So, uh, any. Oh, my first note before we actually start the match is uh, Bret Hart famously always gives his sunglasses to a child in the audience. Uh, and the kid that Bret gave his glasses to looks like he legitimately might have been getting sick from like concessions or something. If anyone has any yeah. notes about that, the kid just looks like pale and like he wants to not be near a bunch of people, which yeah. is how I, I liked that. I liked I, that Owen came out like mocking Brett. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. good too. Owen's a great yeah. heel. Owen's yeah. heel work is fantastic. Um, I also like that they call this the, or they called it in the package, the March to WrestleMania. Like I like they that didn't, too. They didn't have the wording yet. They didn't have the road to WrestleMania put down. Yeah, like they they just called it March, and I was like, "That's not what it's called, WWE." <laughs> you and you would think they would have had it, that figured out sometime in the first nine, but apparently not. No. <laughs> uh, uh. So this match. What do you think of this match, Phoenix? We could go bit by bit on this match, but I don't think we need to. This match is cool. It's a like, lot it's of fun. really. It's a lot of fun. It's really technical. Um, I like, uh, I mean, they're both really great wrestlers in general, like everyone knows. And they they have a lot of, um, like, nice uh, um, submission moves that they pull on each other, a lot of reversals that are really nice. Um, it's, all, it's also very suspenseful. Like, there's a lot of, like, fake-out wins that I thought were pretty believable. Um, yeah. And uh, it was surprisingly long for a, 
opener match, but it was really entertaining and really cool. Yeah, and it sets up some long-term storytelling for the rest of the uh, Mania, which is that uh, Owen Hart really goes after Brett's knee, and so Brett continues to sell that knee well into his match with Yokozuna later in the card. Uh, Because if we haven't mentioned, there are two WWF championship bouts on this card. Uh, The first being, of course, between Yokozuna and Lex Luger, and the winner of that match went on to face Bret Hart in the main event. Uh, No spoilers, of course. It hasn't been nearly 30 years since this happened. Yeah. But but yeah, I I really liked this match. Uh, The finish isn't great, but it, I, I think it works for this, especially because you couldn't have like a super decisive uh, loss for Brett heading into his uh, championship match. Like he couldn't have like been knocked out or anything like that. Like you, it needed to be like a roll up on a reversal kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought it worked because like, first off, like you said, it can't be big. Second off, like you want Brett to win the title at the end. So you want him to be in control for most of it. And um, if he like decisively loses, then it's like, well, why is Owen not, you know, fighting later or something? I like that. It's like a roll up of like, Oh, like, you know, Owen like kind of stole that win away, you know? Yeah. It totally, um, it totally makes sense, but it's not a super exciting win, I guess. Bree, what did yeah. you think of this match? Yeah, um, I thought this one was pretty fun. It really kind of reminded me of, you know, I mean, obviously they're siblings, but it kind of reminded me of like how you would wrestle your siblings or your cousins like in the living room because they were like kind of slapping each other and pulling each other's hair sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I thought that was a nice touch. I wasn't a fan of how, who was it? Brett's knee, right? Brett's the one with the... He's the brunette who fights later. Yeah. So, Owen, I'm pretty sure, was, you know, slamming Brett's knee against, like, the pole. And I was like, that's just kind of kind of a cheap move, but, but yeah, you know, that's, it is what it is. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, it's called heat, getting heat when you're the heel. Uh, and yeah, that, that is a good way to get generate some cheap heat. So, especially yeah. when you're, I mean, at this point in time, Bret Hart was the biggest baby face in the company. Would you agree, Phoenix? At least that when we talk about it historically, I guess is, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. I would say, um, I mean, he was like CM Punk before CM Punk. It was just like everyone like adored him or whatever. And he was just kind of like the, the next guy that was like going to be super cool and like, everyone just was so ready for him to become champion. And that's uh, like, that's why he's just the, he was just the coolest. And um, especially yes, during this year. So that's why he had a lot of love um, into both matches. And that's why they really had to play up Owens, like uh, Owens heat and Owens, like like terribleness of, or not of a wrestler, but like bad personality that uh, just to kind of keep that, fire going of really loving Brett and wanting him to win. Yeah. And I think the fun part, you know, this is, this is some more, 
this is inside wrestling, not inside baseball. So this isn't about the podcast, but this is, I mean, these guys grew up doing shows for their father in Canada. So they've probably done this kind of match a million times. And I think they really like, I think they, it's weird to like say they play, they, you know, just shut up and play the hits kind of thing. But like, they went out there and did everything that they've ever been able to do together in this match. And I think that's, you know, I think it really shows there that these guys are real comfortable working together, you know, but I th- they, they told a really good story. And I thought, thought they pulled out all the stops, which is not something that normally happens in an opening match at WrestleMania. Yeah. I would say good, maybe even great uh, WrestleMania opener. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. Um, next, we get a Coliseum video flashback to WrestleMania two, uh, and particularly was it the NFL Battle Royal that they flashed back to? Yeah, uh, which we've already covered. We've already covered that. Uh, Bree, thoughts on the idea of wrestlers and uh, former NFL players all in a ring together uh, doing doing a battle royal? Oh, Brie has muted herself, which is fun. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Um, the show's live, except it's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I was in, you know, into the football, into everything at the time, obviously that'd be like really cool. But they're just names to me. You know, That's I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Would you be into I mean, it if it were the football stars of today? Like, let's say, let's say that there was a battle royal at the opening of a WrestleMania where uh, a Rob Gronkowski type got involved and helped win for his very hyped up buddy. How would you feel about this? Not me wondering who Rob Gronkowski is. Rob Gronkowski? (laughs) Yeah, who's that? He He just won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't know anybody. It's okay. It's okay. I'm also just throwing shade at a very dumb ending to a WrestleMania Battle Royal from years later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, But you know who I would never... I mean, I honestly feel the same, even though, like, I feel the same as Brie. And I think we also kind of agreed at the time where it was like, it was fun that it was just like, you know, names to attract people. But in the end, you know, it didn't really matter that they were football players because it's just like, well... Let's just get like the actual wrestlers like doing a good job. Yeah, that one was just that match was just to get Andre the Giant in the ring with Bret Hart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know who I would never throw a shade at? That would be Cy Sperling, the founder and client of the Hair Club for Men, uh, who is here to show off <laughs> the new and improved Howard Finkel, who has hair for the only time I think in his WWF career. I I'm willing to bet that the next time that Howard Finkel appeared for WWF he did no he no longer had that hair I'm I would agree he, he's known uh, to me he is a baldman you know yeah I was upset that he had hair actually but I would never be upset at Cy Sperling the founder and client of hair club for men <laughs> uh <laughs> are you doing an ad for them right now the WWF was. They were doing an ad for Hair Club for Men right there. Yeah, but you're so yeah. you're being so for it right now that I don't know what's happening. 
I don't know. I'm a I'm, I'm a big fan of Are the you, dumb uh, copy that is saying he's a founder and a client of the hair club. Yeah. Men. I haven't seen you in a while. Are you going bald? Be honest. <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix, you know, if I was going bald, I'd cancel all the podcasts. That's you, you know, okay. that would be the first. I can't let there be any medium where Carter Spilliards has more hair than me. So, okay, good. I needed to just make sure because I'm just it kidding. sounded Carter Spilliards has more hair than me in general because he hasn't cut it in probably a year and a half now. Yeah, I'm I'm getting long hair too, and it's upsetting. Just gotta just gotta <laughs> shave it all off again, Phoenix. I was really considering it. Do um, it. It looked good. Thanks. I'm trying uh, to avoid talking about this next match. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to get out of it. You don't like Doink and Dink? I like Doink and Dink. I don't know why they're fighting Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon. I also don't know why. I thought the WWF didn't do intergender. (laughs) That was a whole thing. (laughs) Does Dink not have gender? Is is Dink (laughs) non-binary? I'm not saying Uh, that... Also, I'm not saying that as a... uh, Cut to our non-binary uh, friends and fans. Uh, please, please continue to live your life in the way that you enjoy it the most. But does Dink not have gender? <laughs> what division no, does think, Dink fight in? <laughs> I think it was just a case of, you know, the classic um, old WrestleMania uh, outdated, antiquated mindset of like, well, a woman can wrestle like a small man. That yeah, counts. I wrote that. That's I was equal. Like, yeah, this is equal. Like, and when, yeah, I don't know. I had issues. Yeah. When Luna Vachon looks like she could Rightfully beat up Doink. So. <laughs> Luna looks like she could beat up Doink. That's all I'm saying. Like she, yeah, she, looks, she could beat up any of us. I, I she, promise you that. Like that's yeah. And she's not even yeah. one of the more well-known female wrestlers of the time i'm just saying we're weak uh yeah and she's strong yes <laughs> and can probably just fight any other of those wrestlers also yeah, bam bam bigelow was... is great he should be in a better match than this yeah i yeah i'm glad you say that because i enjoy bam and bigelow a lot i think he's kind of underrated um in hit like history wise i feel like he gets overlooked a lot but he's really agile and cool for a big man yeah um, for like a big wrestler for sure uh, Honestly, I mean, I might be in the minority here, but I honestly didn't hate this match, to be honest. I know, like, I, I hate it in concept of, like, why are we going to have, like, oh, like a woman fight a small man and be like, that's an equal fight or whatever? Yeah. But yeah. I did, like, um, the move, like, the moves that happened, and I liked the the energy that was going on with Bam and Doink, and then... Uh, with Luna and Doink and stuff that I thought it was very fun and entertaining. Um, and then I didn't think it lasted too long. So I, uh, and then I, you know, it was just funny seeing like uh, Doink and Dink get wrecked. Um, it was uh, like not quite a squash, but it was very like one-sided to the point where I, was, I thought it was pretty fun. So yeah, uh, I, I wrote down match, honestly, not awful though. I did on the card think it was going to be really awful. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, speaking of Bam Bam Bigelow, Phoenix, I just sent 
actually just sent both of you a picture of Bronson Reed at Takeover Thirty last year with his Bam Bam Bigelow inspired gear. I wanted your thoughts on it, but this match overall, I think the finish is actually good. I like Bam hitting the diving headbutt. Um, it was it was just oh, yeah, odd. It was cool. Yeah, it was really cool gear. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was a good little comedy match. I don't know. I just especially after the honestly banger of a match we had right before that i was you know i just wasn't feeling it i don't have much to talk about here on it even you know and then the stuff afterwards with like dink trying to assault luna and the you know it just it got it got too too weird and didn't end clean enough for me i just wasn't a fan of this whole segment so pretty much from the entrance from post howard finkel reveal to fake bill clinton reveal I was like, nah. <laughs> All right, Bree. Yeah, I just noted that I didn't really like clowns. Um, <laughs> so I was already okay. going into it like, oh, man. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely noted the the Luna and Dink um, pair. And then the commentator at the end, who I can only assume is Jerry the King, um, so it looks like they came up a little short and I was like, ugh, oof. That might've been I Vince too. You, I don't know. That sounds 100% Jerry Long. <laughs> um, they're both cruel and, yeah, enough to not do great. it. Cruel enough to us, the listener, not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, fair. I, you know, I'll take it. It's not a great match, but I would say that I had some fun with it. I don't. Yeah. I will tell you. And I'm trying to think if the, is there one that you dislike more than this though? Is there one on this card, like in this in the show? Yeah, uh, there is one um, that we'll. I mean, we'll get to. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Uh, did I give my rating for the last one? I gave the last one a four. I gave this one a two. Uh, okay. All right. But. We, the end happens and it's weird, and then uh, we Bill Clinton with air quotes around it is there, um, which yeah. it wasn't until I looked at the guide at the bottom and saw that like he interviews quote Bill Clinton, like I was like why are there quotes around it because like everything the WWE is is very literal, and I was like okay I got to look into this and I was like oh it is an impersonator. And then once he speaks and you get close to him, you realize it's an impersonator. But that first shot with him just from the distance, I was like, did they figure out how to get Bill Clinton to come to WrestleMania 10? And yeah, I was kind of like, why is he so exposed? Because he was just in this little, like, you know, cement box, I guess. Yeah. And then, the yeah, then I realized suite. it wasn't him. <laughs> Oh, I honestly was tricked for a while. It wasn't until the later on when with the close up that I was like, "Oh, that's a fake impersonator." Yeah. Uh, At first, I was like, "Oh my god, why is the president here? Shouldn't he be doing work?" <laughs> but also, and imagine then, watching that yeah. on a TV set over pay per view in 1994 with like that quality of television. You know, it's pretty clear to us with our you know pretty. I mean by comparison, much better like laptop or uh, TV screens. And I'm like, there were some people that probably 
went to school the next day and were like, can you believe the president was on WrestleMania? Like, Oh yeah. And especially without internet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next Coliseum video gives us a flashback to WrestleMania three and the showdown between the immortal Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant. Uh, one of the most classic WWF matches of all time. Uh, followed by a slightly less classic match between the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Crush in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, but hey, it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, which is fun. It's, uh, it does have an added stipulation that you don't always hear uh, given to Falls Count Anywhere matches, which is that after the pinfall, you have 60 seconds to return to the ring. Uh, in order to like nullify the pinfall, so yeah, it was a pretty strange stipulation, but you know, I was here for it. Yeah, you know, I had to go look yeah. back. It is a thing other places, and typically it's used when, uh, like by independent promotions or smaller cr- like places that are playing like an Elks Lodge or something because they can't go as many places and they don't have TV cameras that it's like, Oh, well, you know, it's not super crazy to do a pinfall 10 feet away from the ring. So let's add some drama and have this usually more like a 30 second uh, (laughs) count, but the one minute count works here. Um, All right, Bree, I'm going to hand it off to you since you were saying you're a big fan of the macho man, Randy Savage uh, after this match. What'd you think of this match? (laughs) Um, well, like I mentioned before, I don't know if you'd call it his outfit, his costume, whatever. Loved that. Um, I don't know if you said who it was against. It was against Crush. Yes. Um, and then obviously the ending with the pulley was the best part. I thought that was really funny and clever. Um, yeah, Yeah, it's about all I got. Yeah, I think there was a lot of really good stuff in this match, too. And I think it it is one of the better and more inventive matches of the night. I think we start off pretty strong with uh, Mach getting military-pressed onto the barricade, which looks like it hurt more than anything else that happened to any... Maybe, other than the ladder match, looks like it hurt more than anything else in this entire WrestleMania. Um, Yeah, it was pretty nasty. There's, but I mean, there's also some stuff that like I think wouldn't be out of place in a lot of matches today, which isn't something we can always say for these earlier WrestleManias. But uh, yeah, you know, Crush ties up Savage in the corner, which uh, in that proverbial tree of woe, as they call it, uh, which has mm-hmm. been used many, many times, especially in these kind of no DQ situations. Um, I think the stuff, you know, the the Mr. Fuji hands crush the salt to blow in Savage's face, but it gets blown back at him. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I mean, we don't have the salt. We don't use the salt as much anymore, but there have definitely been wrestlers that use like the green mist. That I mean, like that spot wasn't super out of place or anything like that. Um, and then there were good comedy bits too. I liked uh, Crush was nearing the end of his minute count, and Fuji just poured the water on him to wake him up. Like that was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there great. was a couple close calls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, I was pretty uh, shocked at the beginning when 
Randy Savage hit the hit a double elbow drop. Like he just hit one and oh, then yeah. hit one right after, and then like that didn't seal the match. It was like I th- I feel like uh you know most of the time the elbow drop was pretty protected in that if he hit it once it was usually that was usually like a um like a like a pinfall win or whatever. Unless you were like Hulk Hogan. Him out. Unless you were Hulk Hogan. Uh, which is like every every wrestling move. In which case, it um, uh, somehow hyped you up and uh, starts yeah. you up again. Which, uh, and then, but with Crush, I mean, he hits him with both, and then takes him out and pins him, and then I that didn't even seal it. Like he comes back in, and then they like get dragged out again. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was pretty insane, but but you know it was cool. I I'd never seen Macho Man hit two elbow drops back to back. So um, my question with this with the added stipulation of returning to the ring, what happens if the pinfall happens in the ring? Like, mm, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm unfamiliar with this rule. Yeah. I had to look uh, it up and I have not seen, like, I just found the Wikipedia explanation of why it happened. And then not any I mean, like, I w- you know, logistics <laughs> discussion. I would assume that it is like an auto win. It would be my guess is because that's essentially what a regular match would be. It was like a pinfall to a three in the mat and then it's it or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just weird. And like for a bunch of reasons, because it's like, it's a, you have to return in a minute, but then in other matches to get a count out, that's like only 10 seconds. But this one you get pinned for three seconds and then you get 60 seconds to like come back. It's almost like more it's like you give it, you're given more time. So it's not as tough. It was like, that's what was confused me more with the rule was yeah. like, it feels like it's supposed to be like an like intense, brutal thing, but it actually feels like it gives the wrestlers more leeway to like relax and take breaks and stuff. Yeah. Um, unless you so, get tied up know. in a dolly <laughs> or a pulley, unless, unless you get tied up in a pulley, which I agreed with Brie was the best part. And I wrote down Randy Savage, uh, has the biggest IQ in WWE history. Yes. He, he tied him up and I was like, that's genius. He can't make it. Like then like you you solved it. Then and then you won. I thought that was a really fun win. Um yeah. I, also uh, when Oh go ahead. I I had, my last thing is I had to highlight uh Crush still trying to uh fight his way back after being um after being tied up and then uh, have Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler uh, saying, "quote Stop the count." I also and have that I, like, with <laughs> kind of frozen fear for a little bit. Says, I'm not surprised he's one of those Q guys. Yeah, Jerry the Q Lawler. If you smell it, Wait, why did everyone stop talking? I played the rock clip. <laughs> was what it was. Oh, okay. Okay, I couldn't hear, and You're I was good. like, didn't. I was, I was like, like it's just I... been silent. Nope, I just, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how to get out of the silence. Uh, Savage wins, which is always a good thing in my opinion. Uh, other than that, uh, Todd Pettengill, who is the interviewer for the WWF at the time, because uh, I guess Mean Gene would have been with early WCW at this point. Uh but he goes and interviews fake Bill Clinton, and then there's a really bad joke with IRS, which it's it's dumb. 
but IRS was a good wrestler, <laughs> so I can't, I can't get that mad. And also, he's Bray Wyatt's father. The IRS gave birth oh, really? to the fiend. So, I did not know that. Yes. Uh, but hey, we get a look at FanFest, which eventually became uh, WrestleMania Access, which one day I hope to go to a WrestleMania Access because it just looks like looks like a big Chuck E. Cheese, like a WWE Chuck E. Cheese party. That's how they make it seem. What do you think, Phoenix? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just looks like a fun, like, kid's place. That Are we going to Access I'm next sure. year? Uh, if it's safe. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind. I also would like to note that they're, they didn't take advantage of calling it the Doink Tank instead of the Dunk Tank. That's... Ooh, or the Dink Tank. The Dink Tank. At the very least. The Dink Tank, I think, is cruel because I don't think Dink could, like, get out of the tank without help. <laughs> That's, but That's fair. They can make a small tank. They can make a smaller dink tank though. But Or I mean have Dink running the dink tank and then Doink is in the, the tank. Mm. It's an itchy and scratchy situation. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, Bree, what do you think? Do you think <laughs> Dink should be in the tank or running the tank? <laughs> um Maybe he could take turns. A two-state solution. A two-state solution. Yeah. <laughs> well, but one's drying off, they run it. And then once they're all dry, then they're back in the tank. You you doink or you dink and then you drip. I feel like maybe maybe dink should be in the tank. Okay. Mm. Do you think it Is should be a smaller reasoning? tank? Do you think it should be a smaller tank so that he can easily get out? No, or, I think you should have a regular size tank. You want to drown Dink. <laughs> Just drain out some of the water. He can swim, I'm sure. You can't drain. You can't drain the Dink. You got to. Dr- <laughs> All right. There's a joke in here I'm, somewhere. It's bad. I know we've harped on this for probably too long at this point, but how long can they do that tank thing? Because don't you think after one one dunk then like doink and dinks paint would like come off their face and then they're just like their regular selves. I don't know. We got to look into the history of the doink paint because has it ever been like, like cause some wrestlers that wrestle with face paint, like it's meant to get smeared and like, you're supposed to end the match with like much less of it than you start, you know, things sting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is that? But I don't know. I think Doink and Doink. I think Doink and Dink like put on heavy makeup. Yeah, they have like like, full face, and I'm sure it's oil based. Um, are they? Are are their characters also kind of like Pennywise, where they're never not a clown? You know, like they don't exist as a non-clown at all. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but Hey, you know what I do know is that Randy Savage went to celebrate in the Paramount theater following his win. And then we flashed back to media four. Robbie, what was your rate star rating for the tank for the, the doink? T- uh, <laughs> I gave macho man, Randy Savage versus crush a rating of three. Cause I said it was a little too short and had too much reliance on the added stipulation for drama. Uh, but okay. the doink yeah. tank gets a 10 out of 10. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I, I think you're it's... rating these out of five this whole time. It's, it's been out of a ten? No, no, no. That no. means you haven't enjoyed any single match we've watched. <laughs> all, all tanks are on a ten, are on a ten rating, with uh, Shotzi Blackheart's tank having a fifteen. Uh, okay, that's fair. We get a flashback to WrestleMania four, and uh, while we while they flash back to WrestleMania four, we're gonna take a quick break for some sponsor stuff. We're back. Uh, Lilani Kai is here, and her theme song was definitely used in SpongeBob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too when I heard. It. I I couldn't even. I was trying to figure out which one it is, but the music from SpongeBob is definitely like hard to track down by name. So, yeah, uh, you just know it when you hear it because yes. you've you've seen it so much it's just in your brain. It's the one that's like that yeah. one <laughs> yeah that one uh alundra blaze comes in and she's fucking awesome because she is <laughs> she gets pyro yeah. in the ring uh also her, lo- how- her lower third briefly says owen hart <laughs> yeah i wrote down have alundra blaze and robin wright ever been in the same room together and i'm not sure that's true well this only to say that they look like the exact same person. They did they not film the Princess Bride together? I thought the Princess Bride was <laughs> Andre the Giant and Alundra Blaze. Oh man, it's a that shame would, that that well, never were happened. They the, were they on the set together, or did they just trade off? I don't know. Maybe, maybe both. Um, this was the again with, the one scenes of the with Buttercup and Andre to... were definitely Alundra Blaze. Is my new oh one hundred percent. This is one of those times when I had to t- uh, physically write down, can someone shut up Jerry the King Lawler? Because yes. this is where he does do the whole, like, the lunge of Blaze is ugly, like, like bit, like, all the time. And it's it's, yeah. it's annoying as hell because, I mean, this match is pretty good and he doesn't take it seriously. Yeah. I actually, compared to some other women's championship matches we've covered on this show, this one's pretty good. It's a little too short. But there's no BS. There's no like. It's it's all actually very very. It's a pretty scientific match, you know. Um, I agree that it was too short. Um, but yes, I had a good time with it. Um, I like the finish of the German suplex. The into German the, pin. the non-release German is fantastic at the end, and it yeah. makes it makes Alondra Blaze look like a star. Like it, you know. I was yeah, a fan of hers. It was super cool because she's an innovator and. In, women's wrestling, you know, from before this, I had never seen this match and it is, it's great. It's, you know, for the time women weren't given a lot of time to wrestle in this era. Yeah. And if uh, you were, if you were someone who was watching wrestling, uh, and to like, or getting into wrestling and was starting from like the beginning and getting to here, you would see this match and think, Oh man, women's wrestling is going to shoot like to the moon now. Like it's, it's building up. And then in like one year, it's like actually we're gonna fire all the wrestlers. We're gonna make hire a bunch of supermodels, and then women's wrestling is gonna like be a, into a pit for like a yeah. long time through the attitude and ruthless aggression era, which is so disappointing. It's very because disappointing. it like it seemed like it could have been really good um, as it was already like this match was already proving to be something that could have been awesome if given more time. Um, I think but it still was awesome at the time it was given. The WWE works. Yeah. Um, 
Bree, what were your thoughts on this match? Um, well, I was really excited that, you know, ladies were wrestling. Um, lovely representation. It was incredibly short. Like, I just feel like I don't even know how long it lasted, but it's it was just, just over, over as soon minutes. as it started. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like the commentary, what Phoenix said earlier about mm-hmm. Alondra Blaze. Yeah, I try not to let commentary influence my uh, ratings, if that makes sense, because so often it's Jerry Lawler or Michael Cole just making things worse. It's still a part of the experience, though, so I did take note on it. I agree. But Alondra Blaze, she's a badass. What can I say? Yeah. You know the big Alondra Blaze story, right, Brie? I do not. So... In this era, I think I've mentioned to you before that there was a rivalry between WWF and World Championship Wrestling uh, called the Monday Night Wars. Uh, Alundra Blaze, while still champion, uh, left her contract at WWF and signed with WCW, or when she famously appeared, uh, she dropped the WWF Women's Championship in the garbage on TV, live. <laughs> like, Ooh. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great clip, and honestly... She's a badass for doing it, and people treat it as a big, like, disrespectful move from her. And I'm like, you know what? Considering what happened with women's wrestling, even just immediately following that, uh, she deserved to drop the championship in the garbage because that's practically what everyone else did. <laughs> so, oh, for sure. So. Yeah, it's it was it's really cool. Um, it would, I think, it would be cooler if the WCW. Act- also had a good women's wrestling though because women's wrestling in WCW was also not good. Um, what the Nitro but, girls weren't doing it for you, Phoenix? No. Um, but I do like the the statement she she made with it because it's you know she's right. Yeah. Also, the women's title from that era is a very good belt. I will just. It may be yeah. my favorite women's belt from WWE or WWF. Um. Flashback. Not a fan to, of the Divas belt. Uh, no, my my order would go this women's championship, the most well known women's championship, uh, the Beth Phoenix one. That's all I can ever think of it as. Um, wow, that just proves how different we are. Well, you have to. Beth Phoenix is a badass and maybe one of my favorites because she's an NXT commentator too. So. Uh, no, I just, I just mean like, like you know, growing up like, oh, with yeah. wrestling. Well, I, just, I would yeah, you would say it's the Lita like, belt. <laughs> Lita, I would say Trish. the Lita belt or the Trish belt or the Mickey James belt. Like, and then Beth Phoenix would be like maybe like fifth or sixth or something. But um, that's why I was like, yeah. whoa, you're going to the Phoenix belt. <laughs> but are any of them the youngest Hall of Famer in company history? Uh, Other than Beth no. Phoenix, because that's. <laughs> Anyway, then it's our Raw and SmackDown. They're tied right now, and then it's the Divas belt. The Divas belt sucks and is representative of a time in women's wrestling, at least in the WWE, that sucked. So there you go, Phoenix. Yeah. Impromptu yeah, I mean, ranking of the belts. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'm pretty sure, the exact same ranking because there aren't that many women's belts, and 
they all are very one-sided of like this one's good this one's okay this one's bland this one sucks in like a very obvious way but hey you know what's not very obvious i i was i was trying for a transition there i don't think it worked men on a mission men on a <laughs> mission whoop there i had never seen men on a mission uh in a match before so i was so hyped on their entrance it was very good <laughs> It was lit. I, I was very into it. They walked so New Day could run. Yes. Uh, in the middle of the entrance, though, we cut to a backstage segment where Todd Bettengill is interviewing Rhonda Shear from Up All Night on USA, and Shawn Michaels appears, but Burt Reynolds steals her from Shawn Michaels. So uh, just in case you were wondering, Shawn takes two big L's this night. <laughs> uh what a weird spot to do this like, yeah why didn't this happen in the middle before? of someone's entrance it doesn't make yeah. any sense which is i i would love to have talked about this before we started like officially talking about the match but i'm like i can't because it's in it's in the middle of it yeah um and you know what else this means is that the tag team champions don't get like an entrance so that's even worse yeah, than yeah. coming out first. Yeah, I know. It's like they just get skipped over. <laughs> but hey, it's men on a mission versus the Quebecers for the WWF tag team titles. Um, this is a a weird. This match is good, and I like Mabel a lot. Um, but like the, I do we want to talk about the rest of the match? Or is mostly is this about like? how murky the finish is. Yeah, that's kind of what I noted. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's some good stuff in here. Mo and Mabel are a fantastic tag team. And, uh, I, I wish I knew more about men on a mission to talk about them forever, but big fan here now. Um, and I thought the Quebecers had good tag team cohesion. They had a lot of really good, uh, combination moves and some, I thought I thought the Quebecers, you know, I feel like they end up as like a footnote that a lot of people just end up winning the titles off of them or something. You know, they would set them up as heel champions for a couple weeks, and then babyface teams would win them back. Yeah, but they were they were pretty good. I think they deserve their championship runs. So, um, but yes, this ends in a weird countout finish, but which normally with champions advantage would mean that the Quebecers would lose, but they would not, the the titles wouldn't be taken away. But then men on a mission just kind of take the titles and act like they won. And the Quebecers put up zero fight about that. They just, they left. So what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, this is the one that gave, I gave the sad face of the show to, um, I thought the finish was really bad already with like a count out win at WrestleMania. I'm like, are you kidding me? This like, I always hate when they, when they do this at at WrestleMania is just like some kind of like cop out win that doesn't do anything. It's like, no, this is WrestleMania. It should be like an actual win or something exciting. Um, And then they just like butcher it with some like weird confusion on who's champion or not. Um, to the point where like I look it up and it's like, 
yeah, they didn't. They aren't champions. It's not like they just they uh, men on a mission just took just the belts, belts and celebrated like they won, even though they didn't. Um, and it just confused the audience, being like, "Oh, those are the champions," when they weren't, and they aren't. Um, so it was just really bizarre and weird. Um, I also hold on. Um, I have enjoyed... I have a note for you here because this is gonna piss you off even more. Men on a Mission continued to challenge the Quebecers for the tag team titles. Men on a Mission won the won the titles on March 29th, nineteen ninety four. Like, why did they have? Why didn't they just win them here? <laughs> yeah, seriously, that doesn't make any sense. Why and have them another, win it like nine days later at a house show? Like, yeah, it's it's really make no sense booking wise. Um. To the point where I was just like, I, I I was just like, why did we even have this match then? Like, what did this serve? If it like, it, I guess you maybe are like, the only explanation would be you're trying to build up men on a mission. But if you're gonna do it, then you should just do it and have them like be really good in the match, and then the Quebecers like steal it with like a heel win or like with like the ref not noticing or something. You don't have them win via count out and then just celebrate or in front of the audience. Like that's, that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I said no to this match. I, I hear you. I hear you. I still had a lot of fun. I gave it a 3.5. I get, yeah. I get you being upset and I may have to change it now that I know that they officially didn't give them. I was like, <sighs> I still had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a yeah. big men on a mission I, fan now. I'm also not a Mabel fan. I never have been. What I about did. Viscera? I do like the. Uh, no. What about his <laughs> other character, a, Viscera? No, and not a Big Daddy love or Big Daddy V fan either. Um, uh, but I do. I did like the Quebecers in this. They were cool. But um, what about when they were called the Mounties by Vince at the beginning? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a. That was a. Isn't there like another tag team called the Mounties? There was like, one guy called the Mountie. Oh yeah, there was. Okay, that's probably what I was confused with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just that was a strange butchering, I guess. Um. Uh. But yeah, I I wasn't a fan of this. Um. Bree, what do you think? Um. I just more so have a clarification question. Okay. Um, did Men on a Mission not get the belts because it was a count out, or was it another reason? Because it was a count out. So I see. In a championship match, there is a rule called the champion's advantage, which means that uh, the belts can only change hands on a pinfall or submission, uh, assuming normal rules. If the if mm-hmm. it's if it's a ladder match or a tables match or something. You know, those rules apply. But what that means is that if there's a disqualification or a countout uh, and the other person technically wins the match, they do not win the belts. Uh, what that does is it allows uh, heel champions to get cheap wins for heat and uh, not much else. There's there's no there's very few other reasons why it does anything. <laughs> um. But yes, so because it was a count out, men on a mission did not win the belts, technically. Although they held them up, which I don't, maybe they were just told, (laughs) I don't, I have no clue what was happening. And (laughs) 
judging by some of Mabel's later career decisions, there's a chance he didn't know what was happening either. So, <laughs> I think he, they were holding up the belts as like, uh, like bragging or like kind of mocking the champions of like, like this is ours. We know we're gonna win this or whatever. Like we beat y'all or something. Um, but you know, watching it is just is confusing because it's just like, oh, are they actually champions? Because they just took the belts. Yeah. Um, the comment- doesn't work. commentary was being sloppy and the camera work wasn't great to like even catch the count out, much less really explain what was going on. Because, you know, I, I would say nowadays with like the modern presentation of wrestling, like people that lose or like get one over on a champion will do that all the time where they hold up the belt and they're like, this is mine now kind of thing. But, like, there's a way that they shoot that that makes it very clear that that's what's happening, not that the belt is being stolen or even, like, given when it's not supposed to be given to someone else. So, I think yeah. this, I think there was a lot of mistakes in the presentation of this one. Um, but mostly in Bri, the Bree, what did you think of uh, Men on a Mission? Were you a fan? Yeah, I mean, I like them. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> were you guys fans? I think you guys said you were. I uh, I I enjoy them, but I don't like Mabel or Vizero that much. Who's one of the wrestlers in it? Um, mm. But as a tag team and men on a mission, I think they're fun. Um, they are fun. So I like them better than the who was who were they against the, the Quebecers or something. Yeah. Didn't care right. for the Quebecers. Bree hates Canada. Moving on. There's so uh, many Canadian wrestlers. <laughs> especially on this say card. That. <laughs> especially I will say, on this uh, card. We, we didn't get to talk about uh, Johnny Polo getting attacked by Oscar, which was pretty great. The, oh, yeah. That was fun. Uh, There's some manager-on-manager manager action here. Uh but hey, we don't have time for that. We got a flashback to WrestleMania 6, courtesy of Coliseum Video. Uh, what happened to them? Who knows? We, we don't know. Uh, but hey, it's guest celebrity time after that. Our celebrity timekeeper for this match is the aforementioned Rhonda Shear. Our guest ring announcer is Donnie Wahlberg. And Donnie gets some booze from the audience for some reason. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Perfect is the guest referee for this match that is Lex Luger versus WWF champion Yokozuna for the WWF championship uh, so Brie can I reveal what you said to me uh, over text um, or... you can but I also would like you to explain who Mr. Perfect is because I think that's maybe relevant uh, Phoenix, Maybe it's not, but Phoenix, well, Mr. Perfect is a is another wrestler uh, who had, uh, I guess, had previously left the company before that point. Uh, if I'm being very clear, I don't know what his exact timeline is, but that's yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he uh uh. He left once he lost the Intercontinental belt. Um, 
that he like is famous for having a bunch of and being like one of the longest reigning people for it. And then he kind of tried um, his luck as being like a manager and a commentator and stuff for a bit. Um, And then he goes to WCW and then I don't know if he ever really comes back to WWE until like the hall of fame. Yeah, Um, I don't know, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure he, uh, this was just like a, A like a, yeah, one-off appearance before he jumps on a WCW. Yeah. He does not have a history with Lex Luger or Yokozuna. That's, any that's okay. of any kind of consequence, at least. Uh, yeah, but he hey. is like a like a somewhat of like a modern day legend, or like one that like yeah, an icon. He's all the wrestlers there. Yeah, that, so the definitely there a fan favorite. For sure, for yeah. sure. Maybe not as much as the other guest ref in this mania, but yeah, he's up there. Okay, but uh, your text to me was Lex Luger. Slurp. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> yeah. My response, I think, was, "Yikes! Don't go look at his Wikipedia." <laughs> so, so naturally, I looked at his Wikipedia, and um, she found out about the later life of Lex Luger. And I learned a lot about Miss Elizabeth, which was devastating. Yeah, yeah. To find out who. <laughs> In a span of probably only a few minutes, you found out about the Macho Man Randy Savage, then found out about Lex Luger, and then found out about Miss Elizabeth. So, what a roller coaster! Honestly, truly, truly whiplash. Just <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, that's very heartbreaking. Honestly, and then of course his later struggles with uh, addiction at one point, and then later his like you know spinal issues that have led him to limited mobility today, you know, Lex Luger does not have an easy story. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't like him. Not a fan. Just in general. No, That's no, fair. I always, I, I put him down. I put Lex Luger, the most boring WWE champion of all time. I don't think he was very, uh, interesting or appealing to me. I think he actually also doesn't have, uh, I don't, I don't want to say he's overrated. Cause I don't know how generally people feel about him, but I don't think he has really any iconic matches or like anything worth revisiting apart from just being like, Oh, I haven't seen this in a while. A lot of his matches are pretty like forgettable or unnecessary to the, to history. And then I think his character is just like, I'm a big buff wrestling man. I'm a big buff wrestling American man. So that's not his fault. I'm a very, it's true, but that's why I'm. I think he's just very boring. Yeah. Like he Lex just Luger doesn't have any flavor to him. And famous. I mean, you know, don't really feel bad about it because of all the stuff he did with Miss Elizabeth. So yeah, that's yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't. He was famously started his career as a heel, playing a narcissist, which I think most people generally regard as being the better character for him. And then. Once Hulk Hogan left, he was kind of shoehorned into that role that Hogan used to play and kind of stayed there for the rest of his career. He was put on a red, white, and blue bus called the Lex Express that um, traveled around. 
but yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think there's any of his matches that are iconic per se. I think he's involved in some of the most iconic moments of the era, though. Especially when it comes to he was the big surprise on the first night of Monday Nitro for WCW. The main event was, uh, or the, the first match on the card was Sting versus Ric Flair. And they were shooting it live in, I think it was the Mall of America. And Lex Luger was in the crowd because he had just jumped ship, but they hadn't announced it yet. So he like showed up and people were like, wait, no, that guy's a WWF guy. Like what's, (laughs) so he was the first one to ever really do that in that kind of way. And I think that opens the door for stuff like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, so I mean, like yeah. he, he's an icon. Even even that stuff, stuff, but he's not even that part that of it is like, yeah, I I get that he like is you know obviously you know he worked in wrestling for a long time. He was a big name, so he's he's around like a lot of big moments and stuff. Um, but also even that part of it is like kind of strange because before he was in WWE, he was already in WCW. So like when he leaves to go back to WCW, and they're like that's a WWF guy. It's like, yeah, I mean, it kind of, I mean, he's still a WCW guy too. It would be, it doesn't really hold much weight in yeah. my opinion. It'll be like in three that's years. That's where he started when, with like the four horsemen stuff. It'll be like in three years when John Moxley comes back to be Dan, Dean Ambrose again. They're like Dean Ambrose. He's an AEW guy. Yeah. And it's like, well, well is he? Yeah. That's not quite as fair. He was not. He was not a big WCW guy prior to his. Not as big as John Mox or Dean Ambrose was in WWE. It, True, all, but I mean, he had a, he had a feud with the Four Horsemen, who were like the big WCW like yeah like stable like stable. It's true. It's true, and I mean, and it all goes back to the National Wrestling Alliances and the alliance and the territories, and now it's very different than it was back then, but. Hey, the point of this is uh, the crappy finish again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually, I think this match is not too bad. It does set up Yokozuna. I mean, not that it, you need to set up Yokozuna as dominant, but it does, like, if you're just tuning in, if you only tune into WrestleMania, shows you just how dominant Yokozuna is. And then... Then it's a weird finish with uh, Lex Luger putting his hands on the re- on Mr. Perfect and Mr. Perfect calling for the bell. Uh, I get why yeah. they did it, which is that they wanted to preserve the uh, aura that Lex Luger was a good wrestler and also uh, set up the Brett Yokozuna rematch because that's more money than... Uh, a out of nowhere Brett versus Lex Luger match. So, but Hey, it's always yeah. fun. Uh, I think it would, <laughs> so I think re- it would oh, work a lot better if, oh, I was just going to say, I think it would work a lot better if Mr. Perfect was with the company and they could do like a Lex Luger, Mark, uh, Mr. Perfect kind of story later on after this. But, but the fact that they, they just get kind of bring him him, yeah, and they, I mean, they do that, but they don't, like, keep it going. But the, and the fact that they just kind of bring them in just to preserve it um, is not, you know, the best. But I think, um, 
I think in the moment, if you were watching this, not knowing like how it would turn out in the future, um, it wouldn't be that bad of a finish. Cause at the very least, like you would assume that it's going to, you know, continue and build off of it. Uh, but knowing what we know, it's like, yeah, that they could have handled that a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do like how they dominate Yokozuna is. Um, I like, uh, the, they do the whole, like rip the padding off the turnbuckle thing. And mm-hmm. then Yokozuna hits that. And I think Lex Luger does a good job of like, like, um, hitting him with like a lot of stuff and like really trying to take him out. And then Yokozuna just keeps coming back and coming back. And then, you know, obviously just, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't, you know, beat him, but you know, he stays in the fight. And so you're like, okay, Yokozuna is like pretty strong. Um, and then, but also weak enough that like, you know, you don't know who's going to win necessarily later in the, in the show. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, one thing that kind of sucks is that, or not sucks. I don't know. It's interesting to note is the crowd, you know, starts chanting bullshit, which they should. And I think it's so funny now to hear wrestlers from this era complain that the fans now don't just shut up and like follow along with the story. And it's like, it's like, now nah, the fans have always been pretty vocal when stuff they don't like happens. You're just mad that like, you know, people won't take yeah. it when like Roman Reigns is shoved down their throats as a good guy, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it, that all, that just stems from like, you know, with the attitude era, they had like a good run of like fans usually being pretty happy. And then once that was fading and then stuff with ruthless aggression started happening and fans were getting more upset, then, you know, they would be more vocal about it. And then they were like, well, why can't they just be, happy about it like they were in attitude era and it's like well that's kind of y'all's best era ever so like maybe it's good that the fans liked it um yeah uh i will say one thing just giving out like actual match criticism uh yokozuna hits some devastating chops uh yeah and i will say if you haven't watched it go watch the wwe icons documentary on yokozuna uh, super eye-opening. Made me really like the guy a lot more. Uh, it's very sad. Yes. Did, um, have you watched it? it? Yeah, I saw it after the Rumble when it just kept playing. And um, It's very sad uh, at the end, yeah. 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 But damn, he seemed like a cool guy. And everyone seemed to really love him. So, uh, it's rest true. in peace, Yokozuna. Uh, yeah, R.E.P. Bree, what did you think of Lex Luger versus Yokozuna besides... Schlurp. Legs Luger's like pecs and legs and abs and chest and hair. <laughs> um, well, you know, after I Googled him, I was like, oh, okay, no longer into you, obviously. Um, I will say I've never seen a young Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> I know him from, yeah, I've known him from the reality TV show, The Wahlbergers. Like, I do not know he had like earrings and stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I quickly became a fan of Yokozuna. I thought he was really cool. Um, and Mr. Fuji, is that his manager? Yes. Yeah. And then his American advocate, uh, Jim Cornette. So. But. Which 
But yeah, Mr. Fu- the pairing of Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna is fantastic, and they kind of talk about that in the Icons documentary about how they were paired together and how it was such a good fit. So I like that you picked up on that. That's you know, very good point. Yeah, I I did see that he passed in two thousand, which he was only like thirty something. Um, very sad. Yeah, had a lot of health problems due to his size. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What did you uh, think of the finish, Ray? Did Were you okay with it, or were you just upset that it was another, like, no finish? How did you feel? Well, I mean, I wanted you, Yokozuna to win. I The disqualification, I was like, well, I guess that's fair. And then doesn't Lex kind of, like, follow Mr. Perfect, like, backstage a little bit? Yeah, Is they have a confrontation one? afterwards, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was a little disappointed, but, you know, happy to see that Yokozuna was going to fight later. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that was my note on it was kind of a BS finish, but I got why they did it. So it's hard to, like, get that mad. Yeah. It was also my, yeah, feelings as well, just being like, it could have been better, but, you know, they do a good job of setting up Yokozuna and... You know, it'll be cool later to see him and Brett. Yeah. So now it's time for a flashback to WrestleMania 7. But hey, we already covered that one. So if you want a flashback to that episode, go check out the episode about that on the feed. There we go. Nice plug. Uh, But hey, Harvey Whippleman's here to cut a promo on Howard Finkel for some reason. Just, you know, calm down, dude. Fink's a legend. And he's a legend because he knocks Harvey down. And Earthquake comes out to save Fink. uh, And 35 seconds later, there was apparently a match that that started (laughs) and ended. I gave it a two. (laughs) Because it it worked uh, for me. (laughs) That's it. It was a squash. Um, I didn't really have a note for it. Um, But. Ah, this one's so quick. Power slam, earthquake splash. It's over. Those were my yeah. notes. Yeah. I didn't write anything down. <laughs> but Earthquake versus Adam Bomb happened. So. Cool. So cool. Anyways. Uh, then Jim Cornette in the locker room cuts actually a very good promo on Lex and Brett. Uh, so I was into that. What did you think of the What did you think of the interview promo backstage, Bree? With Jim Cornette just talking shit. Um, didn't write anything down. I haven't, I don't remember. I watched it two days ago. <laughs> Phoenix? Um, Fair. Phoenix, what did you Fair. think? Oh, I thought it was cool. Um, <laughs> you know, Jim Cornette's super good with the mic. Uh, and I thought it was a, it was cool, like getting, um, getting him to kind of speak and, you know, kind of show off like, him attacking Bret Hart and saying he's not going to win and stuff. And then just seeing Yokozuna, like they're standing angry and upset and ready to like, like f- fuck shit up. I was like, Oh man, this is going to be like a good main event. It like it did a good job of like making me really invested and really interested. Then we get a Coliseum video flashback to WrestleMania eight where something happened. I don't, I didn't write down what happened, but Hey, you know, you know what it's time for Phoenix. What's the time for? I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I got the looks. 
that drive the girls wild. Okay. It's Shawn Michaels. Oh. He's here. Oh. Hell yeah. Shawn Michaels. That's so funny because I wrote Shawn Michaels, Hottie in the White. His his theme song. <laughs> That's which if you listen, what he is. Brie, when you hear this back, because you can't hear my music on the soundboard, his music is iconic, and uh, he sings it himself. It's all about how he's a sexy boy, <laughs> not your boy toy. He's just a sexy boy. Uh, and Razor Ramon, hey, this is probably, this is one of the most iconic WWF new generation matches, I think, in my opinion. And I think that's, I don't think that's a hot take by any stretch of the imagination. What do you think, Phoenix? No, definitely not a hot take. This one is very iconic. Probably, um, I mean, it's hard to ch- it's hard to tell, but maybe the biggest match in this show. I mean, the one the main event's pretty big too. But like, I mean, people will like always go back to this match all the time, especially when talking about like um, how important it was for like ladder match stipulations. How important it was for like Shawn Michaels' career, and um, I mean, and it like kind of tore the house down with uh, yeah with the fans. So it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's super beloved. So Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon in a ladder match for the undisputed WWF Intercontinental Championship. Uh, honestly, so there's some contra. I'll, I'll jump to the end-ish. There's some controversy with this match because it went a little too long and they had to cut the massive 10-man tag match that ha- was supposed to happen between this and the main event. But I think this one's the. I think this match went the perfect length. I don't. I didn't want it to be any shorter or any longer. I think this, eighteen minutes was perfect for a single ladder ladder match, between these two. Yeah, guys. I mean this was the. Uh, I mean this was like you know obviously first time for WWE, so they like you know they don't know how much time a ladder match yeah, it's, needs it's to the be. The first time on like, pay per view, there had been a couple yeah. of house shows and stuff but this was this was the first time especially at mania where time is very very closely kept but. yeah so like like they're still new to it they don't know how long it needs to be and stuff um that i think they you know they definitely overbooked it with having that that mat that tag team like supposed to come after this but i do think michaels and ramon make the right call of not ending it and the refs make the right call of not ending it uh because i agree that they take the right amount of time to like keep the tension growing, keep the uh, the fans invested, do like a lot of cool spots in it, um, and like not keep everyone bored or end it too soon and have everyone satisfied. Um, and I would say that probably look like I would say that they probably would agree. They just you know at the time weren't aware that it needed to be this long for yeah. it to be like really really good. I think at the time this was seen, especially because it's three of the four members of, or three of the five or six members of the clique involved in this match, that I think it was probably seen as backstage politicking and disrespect or whatever. But I think they, I think this is one of those times where those guys knew what they were doing and knew what the future was, you know? So I don't, I'm sure like Tatanka's not a big fan of this because his match got cut or Jeff Jarrett, you know? But yeah, like I think this was the the right move, and we could see Shawn Michaels' entire ass. So 
Yeah. Shut also, the hell up if you don't yeah. like this match. Also, uh, I would just like to say that uh, it's hilarious that you know, for time's sake, they needed to cut. They needed to cut that match, and it's only under three hours. If only they knew how long WrestleManias were nowadays. Exactly. It would be like, oh, we've got plenty of time for this match, and for a few more if we want. Yeah. Um. But this ladder yeah. match is awesome. I I'm just gonna tell you to go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um. So much fun. All 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 the things you want out of a ladder match, and there's only one ladder, and I think that's maybe better. Because sometimes I think we're stuck in this era with there's like 30 ladders around the ring. And you're like, okay, well, a couple of them are going to get broken. Someone's going to get like power bombed through two of them, you know. Yeah. And now with with one ladder, you're like, well, they got to keep it intact. <laughs> Someone's got to yeah, get up I, there. I think they do a good job of... Uh exercising like creativity with the what little they had which was one ladder like i loved that they had that one ladder but you know they saw like you know john michaels jump off of it then they saw him like smash with it then they saw him like roll off the turnbuckle with it and like they you know they played it up like so many different times even with just one ladder that it was like okay they're clearly exercising like anything they could do with it um because they only have one and I thought it made it really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I gave this one a five. I think it was a perfect length. I think it was a perfect match. Uh, Bree, what did you think of this match? Yeah, I love ladder matches. I was so excited to see that there was a ladder match. Um, I've also never seen one with one ladder. So I was kind of like, oh, is there really just one? And at a certain point, they were like, oh, the ladder's broken. And I was like, okay, are they getting a new ladder? Like, what's going on, but no, they just kept the same one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, people were falling off the ladders, ladders were being kicked, thrown. Um, It was a lot of fun. I honestly think this one might have been my favorite of the night. Yeah. I don't know if that's controversial. I thought it was great. No, it's my match of the night, so spoiler. It is also my thumbs up of the night. Hell yeah. We all agree. It's almost like one of the best matches of the era. Is <laughs> agree, we can all agree it was a very good match. But wow. yes, this is I'm really proud of us. I could see some other I could see some people saying that Brett versus Yokozuna or Brett versus Owen is better. Those are all those are my top 3 matches of the night, no question. But Yeah, I mean if you ask Chris Jericho, he would say Brett versus Owen, but we ain't talking to Chris Jericho. We're talking to. We're never Bree, talking to Chris Jericho. And she's saying Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. <laughs> I was just gonna say we're never talking to Chris Jericho. He gave a lot of money to Trump, and also we'll ne- this podcast will never be big enough to get Chris Jericho. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and, and say it now. Jericho can order. suck my butt. Like, <laughs> yeah, but also I liked him as a wrestler and probably and still do. But yes, personality wise, he sucks. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic match. I'm so glad it got the time it got. Uh, Razor Ramon climbs up to the ladder and gets the belts, and I think that's also the right call here. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels, his time would come a little bit after this, but Razor, Razor Ramon was a very hot property at the time, and I think him eating a loss here would have been 
bad for the rest of his career. I don't know what you think, Phoenix. Uh, yes, I agree. That is definitely the the right call. Um, because I was just Ray, uh, Razor ends up on lists of like best guys who have never won a WWF or WWE championship. And yeah, this is kind of his. This is his biggest moment as Razor Ramon, at least. I think. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's a huge moment. Um, so it's like if you're not gonna have a WWE title, like you're gonna want something like this. Um. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, you know, he maybe probably like should have gotten a WWF title at some point, but I'm glad that he got this win, and I think it was the right call given the reasoning for this undisputed Intercontinental title. Um, you know, I think they make the right call with him being the undisputed Intercontinental champion. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Shawn Michaels gets his due like later on and with having like one of the best re- like wrestling careers ever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say though, yeah, I was going to say though, do you think that like Shawn Michaels is best WrestleMania matches? He loses in all of them. Yes. <laughs> it's kind That's of cause he crazy. loses most WrestleMania matches though. He has a horrible record. <laughs> It's true, uh-huh. but like you all, yeah, you also think like, I mean, he's one of the best ever, and he's nicknamed Mr. WrestleMania. Um, that he would have A, more wins, and B, more like great matches where he wins. But I mean, his best ones are the ones he loses in, which is kind of crazy. There's only there's just one that comes to mind loser. that he wins that's a great match, and that's the Ric Flair retirement match. <laughs> That is a great one. That's true. Um, Love you. I'm sorry. I wonder. I mean, I guess we'll figure out when we keep watching, but I wonder if that one is a top five Shawn Michaels match. Hmm, that is a good question. I do. I mean, I already know. I'm pretty confident in three of them and he loses in all of them. I've seen that one. That one's a great one. Uh, We'll see. It might be number four or five, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, then we get the announcement that there will, will be a 10-man tag match, but IRS and Jeff Jarrett and the Heels are all arguing about who's captain, so it's not going to happen. Oh, no. It's, but it's so funny yeah, that, this, a- that a mania this short had to have a match cut for time. But, yeah. hey, we what got a, time to go back to Bill Clinton. Cancellation. <laughs> go, but back to Bill Clinton, and this time the million-dollar man's there. Because everybody has a price for the million dollar man. Uh, yeah. That's the whole joke there, too. Uh, I think this was just Vince wanted to stick it to Bill Clinton, who I guess he just wasn't a fan of. I mean, I'm not surprised he's not a fan of him, but... Yeah, I mean, we we know why. <laughs> but hey, uh, flashback to WrestleMania 9... Uh, which is a better recap for Brett versus Yokozuna than the Brett versus Yokozuna recap video because that was just music and them hitting their moves but never on each other. It's a weird recap. That was video. also like that recap video was forever. Like it took it was such a long recap video. <laughs> I was like, when are we gonna get to the match already? I thought it like I seriously like like moved my mouse on my computer and was like, did I accidentally click something else? 
I was, I was like shocked at why it was taking so long. Yeah. Now it's time for our special celebrity timekeepers and ring announcers for the main event. Our timekeeper is Jenny Garth from 90210, and our ring announcer is Turd Ferguson. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Also known as Burt Reynolds, who has a broken hand uh, for some reason. I I don't know. I don't know the story behind the broken hand. I didn't look it up. But you know what's an even bigger, what's a huge pop, though, is for the special referee, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hell yeah. Fucking love Sick. me some Roddy Piper. And I have, a, I have a question for Phoenix for sure because he's seen the yeah. matches in question. Based on their aggressive styles as guest referees, who's the better guest ref, Stone Cold Steve Austin or Roddy Piper? Like, because they both, because um, Stone Cold kind of does the Roddy, Roddy Piper and Stone Cold both kind of do the real aggressive ref thing in these ma- in their matches that we've watched. Yeah. It's, you know, it's tough because the way they differ, in my opinion, is that Stone Cold kind of does like the, uh, like, if you mess with me too much, I'm just going to like l- unload and like lose my shit on you and not give a fuck. Um, whereas like Roddy Piper just will, is constantly like gonna yell back, berate back, like mess with you back, like constantly. And it's super entertaining to like see him like lose his mind, like instantly on someone. Um, I think Piper's like, the better one though, when it comes to refing. it's think- definitely more entertaining. I think the, the stone cold one, I think it has a good suspense mode of like, Oh, when is he going to like pop off? But yeah. also um, number one I guest might... referee we've watched so far is Shawn Michaels in the end of an era, but I didn't want to include him here because his role is different in that match. Yeah, yeah, that, that one I wouldn't um that one I wouldn't apply to with. I mean, if you're talking specific are you talking specifically this one ver- with the uh the Bobby Lashley Umaga one? Or do that's you mean like in general? What I, that's specifically what I was comparing it to. Oh, then then I would say the Roddy Roddy Piper. Okay. Um, I thought you meant Stone Cold in general as a special guest referee because he's a special guest a bunch of times. Yeah, the, I I didn't think that was fair. There's there's two mania. There's two ones that they do it at Mania for sure. So that's. Yeah, I would say yeah, I would say Roddy Roddy Piper is like this one is is the better one. Yeah. All right. The, now that we've settled that and we are on the same page, uh, let's talk about this match. What does everyone think about this match? Uh, I thought it was cool. Thought it was dope. Um, Did you also I, think it was nice? I thought it was nice and <laughs> sick. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed the continuation of Brett's knee being injured um, and kind of like hobbling forward on that on one knee. Um, I don't know how much they fully utilized it in the match, but I did like seeing that it like he was weaker and couldn't really like go full strength um, and making it seem like less like he was going to win. I uh, also enjoyed Roddy Roddy Piper's like presence in the match as well. Yeah. And I thought Yokozuna did a good job of like feeling. Yeah. I think Phoenix has left us. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Um, 
What did you think of this match, Bree? Um, for Rowdy Roddy Piper, I put who's the Scottish guy, and then I looked him okay. up, and of course he's Canadian. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, is Phoenix back? No, he's still here. I just oh, I messaged him, him to tell him he disconnected. It's okay. But yes, uh, so Roddy Piper, yes, another Canadian who. He's, he's, he's Scottish in his heritage, I guess. Uh, but Right. And, um, you know, when Yokozuna falls, he doesn't really, like, try to get up. And, you know, he ends up getting... I don't know if he could... Oh. <laughs> Briefly, oh. Phoenix came back, but he, he dropped out again. Uh, <laughs> I'm keeping all this in, so it's, it's fine. Uh the crowd was super invested in this one, and I thought it was really good. Uh, I liked, I mean, I like Yokozuna's move set. I like the, um, I really like his belly the to belly. The bonsai suplexes. drop. The bonsai drop is good. Um, I like that Jim Cornette gets involved and uh, pulls Piper out of the ring to stop that one uh, three count, and Piper just clocks him, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of good stuff happens in this. Um, and I think that the, you know, I think the selling of the leg, the, the injured leg, it keeps Brett from hitting his signature submission move, which is the uh, sharpshooter. And I think Phoenix might be back. Is Phoenix back? I am back. Sorry, my internet went out for no oh, reason. You're good. You're good. Hi. We're keeping it all in, so it's fine. We've been talking about this match. <laughs> I was talking about how cool. the the leg injury kind of keeps uh, Brett from locking in a sharpshooter. Not that like they show that, but I think you know people would understand that he wouldn't be able to like a Yokozuna's size and b the amount of stress that that also puts on your legs to do the sharpshooter. You know. It, it kind of keeps yeah. that finish from happening. And I was talking about Cornette pulling Piper out of the ring and getting clocked. Uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. Just fun to watch Jim Cornette take a punch. Yeah. I wrote down Piper said, fuck you, Jim Cornette. As you should. <laughs> Jim Cornette's kind of an asshole. But hey, I can say that. We'll never get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think... I think I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of this match. I think it, you know, having the year-long build after WrestleMania 9 to this is the right move, you know? Yeah. And I could say, you know, as a current champion, I relate to Bret Hart's <laughs> celebration at the end of the match. I felt like like as wonderful as it is to win like a champion that like I disconnected Phoenix. <laughs> that oh that's so rude all right we'll see you're just jealous anyway i'll finish (laughs) what phoenix is saying (laughs) anyways i'm the champion you i want to talk about that phoenix after after we finish the rest of this but (laughs) the finish is pretty good too uh it's not too complicated brett avoids a bonsai drop and gets the cover uh, I gave this one a four. What did everyone else think of this? Uh, like, think of the finish and think of this match altogether. I thought it was great. 
Um, I thought it was a good main event. I like when the main event is the the WWF title, even if it's not the best match of the night. I still appreciate when it is uh, last, and I also think it was really good for a main event. So I approve of it, and um, yeah, that was a good finish. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, I just really liked the the celebrating at the end. It was really yeah. cute. <laughs> the face team for the tag match that doesn't happen comes out for some reason. I don't know, but it was a good it was a good celebration at the end. I think the stare down with Owen is really good. It leaves it on kind of a interesting note. Um, I yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah. That's WrestleMania, guys. That's WrestleMania 10. And we're, we, we did it in about two hours. So we're just under, not even that far no. from how long the actual event was. But hey. Dang. That's podcasting, baby. Uh, I, already said, podcasting. I already said my best and worst matches of the night, but that's uh, my worst was Bam Bam and Luna versus Doink and Dink. And my best was Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Match for the yeah, my uh, sad face of the show went to Men on a Mission versus the Quebecers, and my thumbs up of the night went to Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon as well. What's your least favorite? And, uh, What's your favorite? Three. Mine's actually the same as you, Robbie. My favorite was the ladder match, and my least favorite was Bam Bam and Luna versus the Clowns. You hear Dragon that, Phoenix? Dink. Sounds like I'm a man of the people. I, Sounds like I'm the people's champion. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's it's again something that when you have a pot, when you have a championship mind, you know, you can kind of see <laughs> the right way of things. Um, I, I would expect you know some non champions to agree with each other, but I think the people will know like where the prestige <laughs> feeling is. So I give this WrestleMania overall. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was really, really good. I also gave it an 8 out of 10. I actually wanted to give it... I was like very close to giving it a 9 out of 10. I don't know why I didn't, but... Um, I think just you're felt, right. The fin- right. Some of the finishes weren't great, which was my biggest thing holding it back from a 9. Yeah. Um, Bree, if you could give it out of 10, do you have a, a number? Or you couldn't say... You know, not to go along with everybody else, but when Robbie was like, oh, out of 10, I instantly said eight in my head. And then he said eight. And then you said eight. It's an eight. Damn. Hey, Hey. we did it. We did it. Um, And you know what? Phoenix, I'll I'll admit it. You did it. You you won the Mania Moments Podcast Championship. Thank you. That's the Royal Rumble. Congratulations. Thank you, Bree. I appreciate it. Now, I have a proposal for you, Phoenix. Okay. What's that? You know, I think that you should be a fighting champion. And I think that we just found yeah. out last night on Monday Night Raw that Drew McIntyre is having to defend his title at the Elimination Chamber against five other opponents. Now I'm going to offer you a bargain here, Phoenix, which is that you should put your title up at Elimination Chamber this year. And uh, oh. you should put it up at Elimination Chamber are both of our in our top five recurring pay-per-views, I believe. Yeah, that so. is a fact. Um, you know, I'll accept the challenge. Putting it I, up? 
Hell yeah. <laughs> there's only there's only one thing better than winning a championship, and it's retaining a championship. And so I'm ready to get that feeling uh, oh. once again. Here we go, baby. Uh, it's only like two weeks away. We've already got three matches booked for it. So yeah. This'll... And Bree, if you're if you want to try and win the title as well, yeah, you're more it's than open welcome. to you too, Bree. If you want, wow. Do you want to make this an elimination chamber? Should we get f- five people? Um, I mean, I'm I'm down if you are. I mean, we'll we'll scared. talk about we'll talk about it later. Of course, if you want to keep up with most of the drama surrounding the Mania Moments Podcast Championship, you can follow us in the show on Twitter at Mania Moments Pod. Uh, Bree, where can people? on the internet find you if you want to give them that information that's up to you um i can be found on twitter at brie underscore space cowboy um that's about it phoenix laying low on the other social media sites that's fair that's very fair phoenix where can everyone find you you can find me at bomb phoenix on twitter i hope to tweet things you like um you can also find me at BA Phoenix on TikTok. You posted a TikTok today. I posted a TikTok today. Um, I, uh, I, you know, was seeing all the experts say that to like succeed in TikTok, you want to average like one every six months. And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, you know, six months have arrived, so I should post one. And so I got mine in. Yeah. You can find me on the internet at Robbie DeShazer. I also post articles for WNW News. I do that pretty frequently, so uh, you guys can check it out there. But that's it for this episode. We will see you next time. Fifty-two oh eight media.